Hello and welcome to the Behind the Badge podcast, a podcast that aims to delve into the emotional connections between all English Football League clubs and their fans. I am your host Joe and today I speak to none other than James Alcott, a football content creator and a QPR fan who continues to stick by his football club through trying times. Although things aren't quite as good as QPR fans would hope right now, James holds on to the good memories of league winning seasons, playoff triumphs and last day survivals to get him through. So without further ado, let's delve Behind the Badge. Hello and welcome to the Behind the Badge podcast. Today's episode on QPR, um, Queen's Park Rangers, if nobody knows who that is. <laughs> um, not not that you're, you're, you're low down the tables, James. I'm just saying if there's any fans that don't like football and they don't know who QPR are, it's Queen's Park Rangers. None other than James Alcott joins me today on the podcast to chat about his love for his football club. Um, so, James, how are you? I'm good, mate. Yes. Yeah, good. Um, do you know, I love the idea that there's people that love your podcast but don't love football. <laughs> like, if, they, if they don't love football, then shame on them. Hopefully we, hopefully we can get people that are like teetering on the edge of do I want to follow football? And then they hear these amazing stories and then they come to support your football club because Sounds you sell it so well. Yeah. Well, yeah. That? I mean, yeah, yeah we'll um, try, but yeah, don't buy the pies. If it's QPR, then that's not might ruin the uh, experience <laughs> for you. But yeah, mate, no, it's good to chat to you. Um, we've done a few bits. So uh, you've done uh, some bits for the narrative and, um, and stuff like that. And uh, I've got a video coming out soon. of asking uh, sort of the big, the big players at each club and uh, your Brighton's representative. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to sit down and have a proper chat with you. Yes, yeah, really good, James. And thanks for having me on yours as well. It's been been an absolute honour. I've been watching you for, for many years. So, yeah, really appreciate that. Um, so let's delve right into it, James. Why QPR? Um, I think it's one of those ones where, uh, and I had a conversation with someone about this recently, and they're kind of confused why I supported QPR. And it was like, you know... Uh, I don't have a choice. And I think there's actually, well, I think what's interesting now is, is how many, I'd love to know the percentages of fans of lower league clubs who have chosen that club or if it's about their family, because it is for me. So my, my dad uh, was born in Hammersmith, grew up in Wembley and was a QPR fan. And his dad was, uh, my granddad was a QPR fan. My uncle was a QPR fan as well. So, you know, it wasn't one of those things where I didn't, didn't really have a choice, but it was also probably quite a, it was as fruitful a climate in terms of recruiting a new fan as it could be because it was when QPR were in the Premier League, had an exciting team. And, and as a sort of young fan, I was able to go to games and we were winning games as well, which is all very helpful when it's when you're trying to sort of get your claws into a club, I guess, on hindsight. I've never really thought about that. Um, but yeah, no choice. Um, sadly, I don't know. You know, you, you sort of find a way to love your club, don't you? You do find a way to love your club. Yeah. So I yeah, kind of, do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be different. I wouldn't want to support a different team. Although there's been moments along the way where you've, you have questioned that a little bit, but uh, it's, it's all part of it. And it, it's, it's real. It's my team. And, and I struggled to support teams in other sports for, for the exact reason that I have the choice. I don't really know what to do. Yeah. Um, uh, mm. yeah, I don't know how I, uh, how I would do that. So that, that feels a bit alien to me. How do you support your team? Is yours, is yours a family thing or? 
Brighton, yeah, it's very much family thing, generations. Um, my my nan, uh, my great nan, all went to the FA Cup final in '83. Went to the replay where we lost four nil, which was not good. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's just a family thing. It's in the blood, and as you say, mm. like you don't you don't really have a choice, but it's it means that much more because you don't have that choice, um, and you get yeah, to go on this journey, whatever it may be. Um, and see where it takes you. Um, do you remember the specific moment where where that love ignited for for QPR, and it was like, okay, I'm I'm fully in now. I think pretty immediately, if I'm honest. I think I went to a couple of games, sort of, you know, uh, October, November. I was young. I was, you know, the very vague memories. I was like five. Um, mm. But we were good. And then I remember. I think do you know what? It's another great question. I'm not. I went to, we played Nottingham Forest at home and we beat them 4-3. And I remember it was like the third game I'd been to. And I was like, oh, I'm good luck. I'm, I'm the good luck champ because we win when I go. That's my thing. And, uh, and I think it was, I think it was, I would say it was that game that I remember walking, aw- I don't know if I even remember walking away, but like, I, I remember feeling like oh this is fun and i like this and and i think i i i loved football from day one like the game itself and i was fortunate to be solid at playing it and so when you were like you know again like like your team when you if your team is in a good place like you know of course you're excited about it and and i was mm. excited about playing football because for whatever reason i was all right at it and i, I had a son recently and or my wife did. And I spoke to my dad about it. I was like, why Why was I into football? Yeah. Like, how did that... Because he wasn't pushy. He didn't seem pushy. Yeah. Um, and he said, well, there was just a, like, there was just a ball, you know, lying around all the time. And, and I, I find it now with like, that, you know, I, I strategically put footballs kind of all over our living rooms just to try and get my, my son to sort of love the sport. Yeah. And I do. I love the sport of football. I love playing it. Um, mm-hmm. so I think I love the sport anyway, even, even, bef- even at the same time as going to watch QPR. Um, but yeah, it would have been that, I guess those early successes, that feeling of jubilance yeah. when you leave, when you leave the ground is, is intoxicating, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. And I've, I've got a two and a half year old daughter and, um, obviously the rise of women's football has come at a, a fantastic Maybe, time for me yeah. as a dad who wants to get her, his daughter into football. And, um, again, it's that, it's that age old thing. She's not going to have a choice. There's Brighton stuff all around the house. Um, mm. and she sees it all the time. She calls them seagull ducks. Um, so she hasn't quite grasped that every bird is not a duck. So we'll, we'll take that for now. Um, but she went to the Amex for the first time this this year. Um, oh, wow. It wasn't for a game, but it was for the Europa League draw. And she, okay, so lovely. she's been a big part of that history. So she yeah. will have it installed in her <laughs> that yeah. she was a part of the most successful times. And I, I, obviously, hopefully for QPR, they can pick up and, and your son can experience some good times as well. Yeah, I, th- I think... Um... Certainly, the older I get is such a thing with my dad as well. Like, and and so, um, it being such a great facilitator for time with your family or people that you care about, um, I think that's that's uh, that was probably something. Um, it was mm-hmm. it was our thing, so that was like very useful again. I think, and in terms of the power of making me a, a QPR fan, because essentially, you know, we were in the Premier League and we we were good, and then we were like kind of good, mm-hmm. and then. 
we lost our best player and then we were like then we got relegated and obviously there's pain yeah. from that and then we basically spent 20 years kind of like gently sort of what making our way down and then and then it started to click again and I, when i was about 16 we sort of had reached the depths of division two and then we were mm. we started winning games again and uh yeah. that was so exciting and i think that was that was interesting as well it's like i've never been happier than when we were in division two because i think what's great i yeah. think about football and again something that is getting lost i think with a lot of football fans or fans of sort of bigger clubs is they can't disassociate caring with something with quality of something and there's this yeah. idea that why would you want to watch that when you could watch this higher level and it's like well yeah it's so stupid because you know again would you would you watch your six-year-old play football and and care about that more than uh, you know and the under 16s of the same team of course you wouldn't because you don't care mm -hmm. so anything in its microcosm um can mean yeah. the absolute world to you and to this day it means absolutely every thing every time i sit down because it's my team you know yeah exactly that um i see the uh tarap shirt behind you um, and we look up to these players as, as our heroes as we grow up and um maybe a little bit as like the the, the heroes of our of our day uh, when we're a little bit older as well um so over the years have there been many players that have, have really stood out to you as like the player that's made qpr so easy to support for you that's a great question. Uh, do you know what I mean? I think from, I think you have people that you identify with. Uh, I think people identify mm. with players maybe for different reasons along the way. I'm always a midfielders guy. I've always liked slow midfielders because <laughs> I'm a slow midfielder. <laughs> um, and I think so like through my time, right when I first started uh, watching QPR, Ray Wilkins was playing and he was still good at that time, but he was 36. And he was sort of known mm. for, I think his nickname was the crab, but he was just had this like amazing vision, but also very charming man. Um, mm. God rest him. Um, so, but it was sort of players. It was always players like that. It was like him. And then it was Gavin Peacock. And then it was um, Ali Fowlin, who's my favorite player of all time. Um, it's those, yeah. it's those majestic midfielders. And I think QPR mm. are always associated with tens. I don't know if it's the same for every club, yeah. but certainly it's for QPR. You know, we had Rodney Marsh and Stan Bowles before my time. Um, and then during like my time as a fan, um, you know, to rap, we had a player called Akos Pazaki. We've had Abire Eze. We've got Ilias Chair at the moment mm -hmm. now. A 10 has always been a really important part of um, QPR because I think it's been about, it's often been about entertainment as much as anything. But if I had to kind of zone yeah. in on someone for like overall passion and, kind of love and, and desire to win i've always i've always loved ian holloway i know he talks a lot mm. <laughs> and i know a lot of uh, sometimes it can <laughs> it can grate on people but in terms of like him being your guy as a player he he was desperate to be great for us and and did well for yeah. us as a player and then as a manager allowed us to believe in the club again um uh, yeah. and and that'll always kind of that's always someone that I kind of always absolutely sort of loved as a player but it was always yeah he the players i really liked were the ones who were sort of gave absolutely yeah. everything more than just like the guys who played up front and tapped tapped the goal in yeah holloway is that character isn't he that he could lead you to battle with a wooden spoon and you think you could win because he's just that inspirational like 
Yeah. People probably think for for me, like I shouldn't be crediting him that much. He was Palace's manager, Palace, yeah, maybe it's yeah, in the sure. playoffs. But I I I love to listen to Ian Holloway speak. I think he is that guy that would lead you to battle when you believing that you can win anything. Yeah, and I think I think that's it. I think I think you need you need people like that sometimes. Like you know, you'll see it with mm. Tottenham at the moment with Ange Postecoglou. Like you, I can see what Spurs fans are, are in love with is the fact that he's going. You know, I, I, don't worry. You don't need to be brave. I'll be brave for you, and and yeah. also like kind of having a confidence. Like so, the story I always tell about Ian Holloway is we we got relegated by losing to Stockport County uh, from mm-hmm. the Championship, and we were playing. It was last game of season. We might have already gone down. Actually, it was last game of season. We played all these kids and we lost two 0 We were rubbish, and Holloway went round the stadium, and he sort of got to me, and I said, "Ah, oh, don't worry, Ollie." It's all right. And he sort of stopped his tracks and said, "It no, it's it's not all right. It won't happen again. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, whoa, like, <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's not all right. It's so, and in that, he's two sentences going, it's standards. It's standards and caring yeah. and an application, right? And, and then we saw yeah. that. He took us back up. It took a couple of years, but like, it, but it was so much the place was bouncing because you know he got a team going but the team was filled with players who cared who cared about the club Mm -hmm. and that's a huge that's such a huge thing i think for fans of clubs that like us that support teams that go up and down a bit yeah exactly that um have there been any sort of standout games that have have been the one for you obviously been involved in some some crazy games um some that might not have gone your way, notably the Man City one, but like playoff finals, winning the championship, etc. There been any standouts? For sure, yeah. We, we're so like you know, think of that dis- sort of despair of essentially from nineteen ninety six to two thousand and two thousand and two three season. So two thousand and three, we basically, I'd basically just seen us just go, just slowly like fall, fall down and be rubbish and hang in there and not really kind of get anywhere and we're in a sort of similar space right now which is very um very difficult to kind of be mm. be uh, optimistic about but um but kind of but like you say it, it means what the longer it takes the more it means and yeah we played oldham we played oldham in the playoffs second leg semi-final second leg at home under the lights um nil nil game you know utterly starved of any kind of success and and uh 86 minute ball over the top furlong holds off his man and goes through and we beat beat old and one nil and um and i gave myself the most almighty headache because i couldn't stop screaming yes just going yes <laughs> like, like screaming it yeah. so like that was that was unbelievable and loftus row was bat- just absolutely the roof came off it was yeah. it was stunning um We've had some amazing. We beat Liverpool. We were two 0 down. Beat them three two at home. Needed to win that and and did that. We beat Stoke last game of the season. That's that Man City game that everyone talks about. We was trying to fight for our survival in that same game, but in the mm-hmm. game before we had to win. And Cisse scored in the last minute. Um, we played yeah. Palace to stay up in 1999. Had to win to stay up. We won six nil, which was crazy. Good. Um, and and of course the yeah the playoff final to get into the Premier League. Was Zamora yeah. scoring the winner, eighty eighth minute? Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. And I think that mm-hmm. is the that is the one thing that we do have. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm putting Brighton in with 
with QPR a lot. And, and forgive me, <laughs> I think fans of a certain age will understand why that is, because we have been alongside each other. Yeah. We had Danny Cullip as well. And um, yeah, <laughs> but when the positive of 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 the difficulty that you're like, you know giving us all hope with right now is that you can maybe break through that ceiling if you're outrageously smart mm-hmm. for a really long time. Yeah. Um, but normally the sort of but the one positive that I have over a Everton fan or maybe even you know maybe like a Tottenham fan or a Palace fan now mm-hmm. at this point, but probably not Palace actually. But Everton's a great example. Everton have just been stuck. Now we've gone to more depths, but we've actually had far more highs as well. So yeah, so yeah, that then allows you to sort of win games and lose games instead of being stuck in this kind of difficult place that is the Premier League because it does feel like there is a ceiling there sometimes, right? Yeah, there certainly does. Um, just just going back um, to the, the the feeling of the jubilation of scoring those goals that that mean so much to you and fill you with that emotion. Right, so let's put me in this position. I'm a, I'm, I'm somebody who has no idea about football whatsoever. Describe to me that feeling of scoring the most important goal, arguably in your club's history. However, that makes you feel. It's dynamite, isn't it? It's mm. it's completely dynamite, and and this is why I love the game, and this is why I hate VAR is because you're utterly, you know, you're utterly, you put hope out into the world every second. Every header, every pass, every corner against you, you're throwing out hope and going sort of just mm-hmm. uh, tensing your body, urging something <laughs> to go, urging a ball to cross a line. And and I think yeah. the, that is that is a, a fantastic element of football is that it's low scoring, but it's mm. it's you don't even touch. It, there's not even a touchdown. It cr- the ball crosses a line. So so the immediacy of that, it's that it's a, it's a second. Yeah. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a ninety minutes of hope, and it's a, it can be a second, and especially when you're running yeah. out of seconds, that makes it even more more dynamite. So th- that's why I hate VAR because you you st- it's stolen, like utterly stolen. Mm-hmm. That that moment when you're just not sure anymore. So, but I think that's the word I came to. It's like yeah, it, you know, it's dynamite because it is, it's electric, isn't it? When it kind of comes out, but there mm-hmm. is that explosion of of. of that you don't get in any other walk of life. And actually, yeah. it retains its potency. I think that's quite impressive yeah. as well. The only thing that actually can dull it, 100%. weirdly, is is too much of it, I found. When when I've been a sort of Division 2 fan, we were in Division 2 for about three seasons. And by the third yeah. season, you're sort of rocking up, about to play Chesterfield or whoever it might be. And you kind of know, mm. oh, okay, that even at nil-nil, you're like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll get them in the second half. And, and you win 2-0 yeah. and it's all quite calm. Um, but, yeah, there's nothing like it. And I, you know, again, QPR are on s- such a hellish run right now that when they mm. do score, it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Dynamite yeah. would be the explanation. Yeah, we, we, we had a moment last season against United at home. We just lost to them in the cup on penalties. And then Alexis McAllister gets a penalty in the 98th minute. Yeah, and that, yeah. the revenge. I, I, that there's so many um, things around goals that make them so much better. There's, you could you could list so many feelings as, and and reasons as to why that goal means a lot. Beating yeah. Chelsea four one, seeing Graham Potter's face, you know, beating Man United four 0 when Cristiano Ronaldo's in the team. It's those moments where you're like just in utter disbelief at it happening. 
Um, yeah, and, and Zamora is a goal but, for me. Zamora, like the one, yeah. the the player final. We we mm. had ten men. We I don't think we'd had a shot yeah. on target. We had no right to win that game, and it was late. Yeah. And and also, I'd I'd had an argument with a fan uh, uh, about two months before. Maybe we played Nottingham Forest, and Zamora was sort of we were struggling. Zamora was coming on and not really fit yet. Oh, he wasn't fit full stop anymore by that point. And but he was sort of trying to get. <laughs> He's trying to get himself, you know, to a place, but he's a big lad, right? Mm. And and there was a guy mm. sat behind me who wasn't one of the usual lads, and so I was already like, and he was just barking, and then he's just hammering Zamora, and I'm just like, what are you doing? I was just like, support you. I was like, he was just hammering him, and I was like, what do you want him to do? It's like he did a flick on instead of like, I was like, do you want him to like eat the ball and shit it out? So he's like, sorry, I don't know if I swear, <laughs> but so he's got his touch hey, right, and the guy. And we had it back and forth, and then he scored, and I turned around and went support your team, and he went yeah. Whoa, whatever. I went support your team, and I I, I just started podcasting at that point, and I said in the podcast I was like I said there's something's gonna happen with this lad, like it's something destined here, and so on the day of that final, yeah. I put a tenner on Zamora <laughs> to score the winner. So when we scored Amazing. that, when we scored that goal, and I've waited twenty years for that goal. And we've, yeah. it's been excruciating. We've got 10 men and like you talk about revenge. Like I couldn't, again, I couldn't stop screaming. I fucking told you. <laughs> couldn't stop screaming. <laughs> it was class, man. It was so good. Oh, it was I, so good. It's absolutely unbelievable. So in, in these times where QPR are, are sort of flirting with relegation at the moment, but yeah. you've been sort of up and down in, in the championship um, I think what well, your highest finish was eight. Recently, I want to say, ninth, for the last yeah, not great. Yeah, yeah, ninth. Um, so, how how do you keep believing? How do you keep that faith that maybe better days are ahead? I think it's really difficult. Uh, I went on a QPR podcast last week, and and it was uh, you know I was the sort of somehow the source of hope, but I'm running, I'm running dry. Like it's difficult. Mm. Um, I think you need, I think you need people to believe in. I think you need an idea to believe in. And yeah. um, so, you know, right now I, I believe in our manager wholeheartedly. I think he's, he's smarter than most. Uh, I think we've yeah. got a problem financially um, and that needs to be solved, you know, resolved by being smarter, creating sellable assets, selling those assets and going again. Um, but I think the way you, unfortunately you don't have an escape. It's your team. Each game's a sort of a, a reset of sorts. Um, yeah. And there's always another season. I think that's the other thing the older you get is that, but if, you know, when you zone in on something, you know, that can look like everything. But if you can step back, you kind of realize there's, uh, you know, there's always another season. I think what is getting difficult at times is that feeling of, of, um, of how hard it is, the trek to try and get somewhere. But then, you know, I've never been more miserable than when we've been in the Premier League last time. So it's it's a double-edged yeah. sword sometimes. But that's why I think, yeah, it, you know, people want such immediacy. But I think if you can sort of see where you're going and, and improve year on year with a with a vision that makes yeah. sense, then then you can have hope. I think it's... Um, I think yeah. that's what's been disappointing for us in the last year because we, we gave up on that strategy that we had, but now we're trying to get back to it. So so that hopefully 
means we've got uh, you know somewhere where we can go even if if that means surviving this year or if it means having to go down and, and bounce mm. back up or hopefully crazy thing is is that that things can change so quickly in football and um the first year graham potter took over we we only just stayed up um after coming back from lockdown football and and people mm. were yearning for us to get relegated to the championship just so we could have better days in quotation marks um and you know three three four years later european football so it's like thing things can change if, if you do keep that hope and, and your football club is is pushing in the right direction and and you have someone at the helm like your manager that hopefully other fans as well as yourself believe in and then that just mm. makes the players believe in it as well because the supporters are behind them um yeah, let's not stay plan, too I mean. negative what's the best thing about your football club it's the best thing <laughs> i think uh i think our fans hang hang in there they might be um and they're real our, our, so our fan base i think bizarrely um because i think sometimes like every fan every group of fans you have your morons i've always been consistent mm-hmm. in saying that because i think it's true um but but you know we we definitely we've had we've had it all We've had no money, yeah. loads of money, a bit of money. <laughs> we've spent too much money and now we've got no money again. And it, we've played terrible football and great football. And yeah, and the fans are real people. Um, it's not, you know, there's no prawn sandwich brigade. Like, you know, there's barely, mm-hmm. there's, there's not even sandwiches. Like it's that, <laughs> but it's real, but it's real and they're there yeah. and they care. And that's special. That's yeah. really special. And I think, and I think that's the same for everyone else. But I think it's the the intensity of the love for something and a, a place, the team, the kit, the players, the manager, um, the people you sit with. Like that's, I mean, that could be the answer for any club, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely one for us. I I love. I love the I love the ground. I'm really disappointed with the way the ground is being run right now. I think it's really poorly right. run, um, but mm-hmm. as a space when it's rocking, I love Loftus Road. You can feel it; like you can, it yeah. makes you shudder. Um, and mm. I love that about it as well. And you know, if you think of all these grounds these days, they are you know they are very um, impressive, like your own. And that's and and it's yeah. amazing that people are trying to create grounds that feel like old grounds because they've kind yeah. of gone away from that. Um, and that's where we, we have an element of fortune where, you know, I love the walk to the ground and you go through the, the houses again. It's not in the middle of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. it's real. It's real. And it's, and in a game where, in a game where people are focusing on the things that aren't, that are real in terms of trophies or Champions League or whatever, but actually kind of aren't real because actually it's the moments that matter, whatever those moments are. Um, GPR is still a very real football club. Yeah, definitely. Um, James, I, we, we, we normally don't want to think about this happening, but if football was to end tomorrow, how would you want your football club to be remembered? Um, For being for being a wholehearted representation of West London, I think, and real West London, like real people, yeah. real Londoners, and I think that you've seen that in a sort of 
initially the swagger of the the players in the 60s of Rodney Marsh and and then Stan Bowles, of course, not a Londoner, but retained that kind of sort of swag. Like we did have a, there's a, certainly a style about us. And we've always had those, you know, that's how, that's why Tarrat's thrived with us, never didn't thrive with someone else. I think there's something in the air that allows that to happen sometimes. Abire Eze, you know, that player is is safe at QPR because we love those kind mm. of players. Like talents, yeah. like we've had a lot of those talents. Um, and so I want it to be remembered for entertainment, um, and which is hard to say in the current climate again. But I, I, I still see that as, as as part of what we're about uh, and, and our identity, hopefully, that we can kind of come back to. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's a tough question. That's a really tough question. <laughs> um, and one last tough question to end on. Um, one word to define your football club. What is it? Not at the moment, overall. Mm. <laughs> Uh, on on a personal level or on a broad level, I'll, I'll give you both. I mean, the first word that came into my word into my head was mine. <laughs> um, yeah, which obviously because it is, it's mine. Um, broadly, nice. I like that. broadly, the, uh, it's the the number ten is in my head, but I think real. <laughs> you know, it's a real it's a real football club, like for, and actually in in all the good and bad, like real football as in like you know football that you kind of want to like when you talk about like the, those players that the streets won't forget there's a lot of those that are qpr players but also the you know the pitfalls of football we've been in administration we've had a huge financial problems we sort of had the money and misspent it we've we've sort of done it all really so it's it's a it's authentic to football itself certainly in this country yeah, definitely. Um, James, thank you so much for joining me on the Behind the Badge podcast. Um, it seems mental me doing this um, because I've only got sort of 16 followers on Spotify. But if those 16 followers don't know where you are and don't know who you are, let them know where, you, where they can find you. Oh, sorry, I've gone blank there for a second. Sorry, I thought that was the end of your bit. <laughs> sorry. Uh, you can find me. Where can you find me? Search my name, A-L-L-C-O-T-T, and you'll see my mush. Um, but mate, I appreciate it. It's great. It's really, I love the concept. It's a really, really interesting concept. And so it won't be 16 for Amazing. long. Don't worry about that. And uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's all good stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed this. It's nice. It's nice to be asked a couple of questions. Yeah, definitely. Cheers. I appreciate that, James. Um, and I'll see you very soon. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. It's been great to chat with James about his journey as a QPR fan. If you do wish to follow him on social media, please do so using the tags he mentioned at the end. And I'll see you next time as we hear stories from behind another batch.